interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. This grass feels funny, Kirby thought. It feels like... pants. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 in, uh, kind of claimy Halifax, I guess. Uh, it's been pretty cloudy in the last 24 hours, clearing up, but we're definitely feeling the, uh, whole humidity thing going on at this point. We'll get to that in about, um, about half, oh, about half an hour's time. So, um, for now, let us take a look at what is new, what is exciting over at lowbiasgaming.net. Uh, we are starting with... Where are we starting? Okay. Um, pretty much all Jason for the most part. Um, we have two, four new episodes of Pop for Mail. We have what appears to be the final episode of Secret of Mana. And two new episodes of Tales of Fantasia, of course, with the uh, 365 days of uh, the Super Nintendo still going on, with the latest game being The Simpsons Bart's Nightmare, which is a game that I actually did have as a kid. Um, really kind of an interesting take on the whole um, Simpsons thing. It, the whole thing is really just kind of a cash-in, honestly, but, um, you know, kind of go with it. The Simpsons were big back in that day, so Fox wanted to cash in on it. Who can really blame them? Anyway, uh, also, the uh, Kirby's All-Star Legend has finally started going up. Uh, I'm still streaming them on the Lobias Gaming channel, but uh, the videos are finally being uploaded, and I'll be putting them on the site soon enough, so... Yeah, all sorts of fun times happening. Anyway, it is time for some music, so let's get that underway. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was... I need to get my notes out. That song was by Koichi Sugiyama. It's called Overture, and it is the title theme of today's game from the archives. Enter a wonderland of kings, monsters, and magic spells with dragon warrior monsters. Make monsters your allies to fight through dangers and the long journey to become the most powerful monster master in the world. Each monster has different abilities and characteristics that will affect their performance in battle. They can be paired to breed unique and more powerful monsters which can be trained and added to your collection. They will even ignore you if you don't treat them properly. This is Dragon Warrior Monsters, which is an RPG game for the Game Boy Color, developed and published by Enix and released in the year 2000. And it is kind of a weird mix between Dragon Quest and Pokemon. That's the best that I can really describe it. Um, In any case, if you want to know more about this game, because it really needs to kind of speak for itself. Ragnats has played that for us, 26 episodes as requested by Mjauskovich uh, quite some time ago. So that's a pretty fun time to be had over on mobilesgaming.net.
That was Sunny Sunny Disco by Johan Turpin, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, as usual at this point in time, it's time for the news of the weird. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This uh, segment is usually about 13 to 15 minutes long or so. Take that as you will. Our lead story for today, we're starting off with least competent criminals. So that's saying something, I guess. If you're trying to smuggle a half kilo of cocaine through airport security, you might want to try harder than an unnamed middle-aged man from Colombia who was detained in late June at Barcelona El Prat Airport in Spain, according to Spanish police. The man arrived at the airport on a flight from Bogota and seemed nervous, and no wonder with what with a comically oversized toupee under his hat, where it is reported. Uh, Spanish police searched him and found a bundle of cocaine worth about $34,000 taped to his head. Maybe if you're going to hide something, don't do something to call attention to it. Of course, there's always the credo of, you just don't do bad things in the first place. That's bad. No. Bad. Anyway, <clears throat> precocious. Four Australian kids took running away from home to a new level on July 13th when they wrote a goodbye note and absconded with cash, fishing gear, and an SUV belonging to one of their parents. The three boys and one girl, aged 10 to 14, left Rockhampton in Queensland and headed south to Grafton, a trip of more than 600 miles. Along the way, they, twi- uh, they twice bought gas without paying and survived a short police chase in New South Wales, which was terminated by the Highway Patrol, quote, due to age of the driver and road conditions, acting police inspector Darren Williams told Fox News. Around 10.30pm on July 14th, police finally caught up with the kids, who locked the doors and refused to exit the car. An officer broke a window with a baton to gain entry. The young thieves will be charged, but they couldn't be questioned until their parents showed up. At which point I'm sure they will be questioned thoroughly by their parents, because... Wow, 600 miles? I don't know if they made it all the way, though. I mean, if they left on July 13th and then they were caught on the night of July 14th, eh. It's not impossible, but it seems unlikely. Anyway. The not-so-friendly skies. There are two stories here. A Delta Airlines flight from Puerto Rico to New York was forced to return to San Juan on July 3rd after Carlos Ramirez, 30, became unruly, Reuters reported. I am God, Ramirez shouted, according to Puerto Rican police. San Juan is going to disappear tomorrow. I came to save the world, and I'm going to end terrorism. Wow, those are bold claims. Flight attendants and passengers restrained the man until the plane could land, then Puerto Rico police took him into custody. The cockpit remained secure during the fracas. 
I am god. That's... Usually people don't aim quite that high. But then again, maybe he was high. He certainly was high up. Maybe there was something wrong with... I don't know. At this point, I could keep rambling on about what could possibly have happened, what could possibly have been wrong, or I could just go to the next story about the not-so-friendly skies. Let's do that. In southwest London, as an unidentified man sunbathed in his backyard on June 30th, he was startled by the body of another man that apparently fell from an airplane landing just three feet away in his garden. Police believe the body was that of a stowaway on a Kenya Airways flight who, fle who fell out as the plane lowered its wheels on the approach to Heathrow Airport some 10 miles away. The resident, quote, didn't even realize what it was to begin with. He was asleep and then there was a huge impact, a neighbor to told Reuters. A Kenya Airways spokesperson said the 4,250-mile flight from Nairobi takes about nine hours, and upon arrival at Heathrow, workers found a bag, water, and food in the plane's landing gear compartment. The stowaway has not been identified. Moreover, if you're if you're gonna be stowing away in the wheel compartment. There's usually not any air conditioning, like any like temperature control there. So might have been a body for a little while. Let's move on. Let's just move on. This is getting a little too intense. Crime report. Oh. Um, speaking of intense, maybe this. In fact, there are two of them. Police in Seguin, Texas ar arrested Delissa Navon Creighton, uh, 47, on July 10th in her home after finding her mother's skeletal remains lying on the floor in one of the home's bedrooms, CNN reported. Investigators believe that Jacqueline Louise Creighton died in 2016 a few days after falling in her room and hitting her head. She would have been about 71 years old at the time of the fall, and officials charge her daughter did uh, charge her daughter did not provide adequate assistance, resulting in the woman's death. That's a strange sentence. The younger Creighton and her daughter, who at the time was under 15 years old, lived in other rooms of the house for about three years while the mother's body deteriorated. Creighton was charged with, quote, injury to a child under 15 through recklessly by omission causing a serious mental deficiency, impairment, or injury. Seguin police and Texas Rangers expect other charges to be filed. Oh dear. Yeah. Ugh. If someone dies in your house, you might want to let someone know. Not just kind of leave them there and cause mental issues for the rest of a kid's life. Um. Oh my goodness, people. Anyway. Another crime report for you. What, when Flagler Country, uh, Flag, Flagler County, Florida Sheriff's officers pulled over Derek McKay, 36, for speeding on July 11th, they noticed he seemed uncomfortable. And although the, the deputy spelled marijuana, he denied having anything illegal. 
but when McKay got to the police station having been arrested for driving on a suspended license, he admitted that he did have some have some narcotics hidden between his buttocks. Indeed, Fox 43 reported McKay produced more than a dozen small baggies, including a baggie of crack, eight baggies of heroin, two baggies of molly, a baggie of marijuana, 12 Lortab pills, and 12 oxycodone pills. Between his butt? That's a lot of... That's a lot of thing to be, uh, things to be carrying. But how does that even fit? That's my question. How does that even fit? Anyway. Creepy creepers creeping people out. Um, one example, Derek McKay. Here's another. Women and men in Claverham, Somerset, England are watching their backs as they walk at night thanks to a man wearing a rubbery gimp suit who has been approaching and chasing people, according to the BBC. On July 11th, an unnamed woman in her 20s was, quote, walking along with my torch and looked up to see someone charging at me in a full black rubbery suit, she told the news service. He kept coming toward me and was touching his groin, grunting it and breathing heavily. She pushed and screamed at the man who turned and ran in the other direction. Avon and Somerset police have increased patrols in the area in order to identify the man responsible. It's like Slenderman, except more creepy, actually real, and hopefully less deadly. Hopefully? Still, I, I... I... I would definitely be uncomfortable in that situation. Gotta say. Techno weird! The New York Post reported on July 14th that, that more than 4,000 Swedes have willingly had microchips implanted in their hands to replace credit cards and cash. The chips also help people monitor their health and can be programmed to allow access into buildings. Johan Osterlund, a former body piercer who pioneered the chips, says the technology is safe. But British scientist Ben Liberton, based in Sweden, said he worries that people aren't considering the potential dangers, including the unwitting dissemination of data about a person. Do I get a letter from my insurance company saying premiums are going up before I know I'm ill, he wondered? Yeah, I'm not really... Not really behind the idea of having a microchip implanted. That's... Seems like a... A personal information violation just waiting to happen. And then we end up with the movie in time. Bright idea, rapper, sports agent, and self-proclaimed Mr. Alabama, Kelvin James Dark, 37, of Talladega, Alabama, was arrested in Atlanta, Georgia on July 10th after allegedly throwing multiple kilograms of suspected methamphetamine off a high-rise balcony my goodness there's a lot of drugs in the news today onto a street below in a press release entitled it's raiding meth oh i see what you did there the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said its agents were searching the property as part of a smuggling investigation when the drugs went overboard 
Agents were able to recover the drugs, valued at an estimated quarter million dollars, and also found two semi-automatic rifles, a handgun, marijuana valued at $60,000, and a, quote, substantial amount of cash, AL.com reported. Dark and 33-year-old Tiffany Peterson of Atlanta were arrested for trafficking meth and marijuana, among other charges. Hallelujah. Our next story, really, if you're going to get drunk, just stay home. Our next story, no, I keep making that joke. It's not funny. Stop that, Coolio. Roger Brydenolf, 49, of Springdale, Arkansas, was arrested on July 15th after a puzzling series of events. First, Brydenolf uh, verbally assaulted a cashier at a, do a Dollar Tree store, then stole a box of Orida bagel bites, uh, pushing a manager out of the way to get out of the store, according to an arrest report. When the manager followed him, KF KFSM reported, Brydenolf hit him in the head with a box of frozen snacks. Taking his show on the road, Brydenolf headed next door to a Wendy's restaurant where he slapped a woman. When police arrived, they struggled to handcuff Brydenolf, but ultimately arrested him for robbery, second-degree assault, resisting arrest, public intoxication, and disorderly conduct. That is one heck of a bender, let me tell you. Um, certainly knows how to live the life. Unfortunately, I don't think he's living the correct life. And uh, our last story for today. Ew. And just looking at the first sentence, I can tell it's going to be kind of, well, ew. This summer's Who's Pooping in the Pool mystery is taking place in the Buckingham Woods neighborhood pool in Maycomb ta uh, Township near Detroit. The serial offender has caused the pool to close several times and the Neighborhood Association is taking action and taking names. We are reviewing attendance logs and recorded video, a July 12th statement read, according to the Detroit Free Press. And the, Me uh, the Maycomb County Health Department is working with the pool to keep the water free of pathogens such as E. coli. Further, the association has hired a pool attendant to be on site through the end of summer. And here's an update. On July 18th, the association announced the offending swimmer has been identified and banned, saying it is now, quote, looking at the various op options for restitution. After an event like that, I think I'd be more worried about restoration. Because, my goodness, uh, I don't know that I would ever want to swim in that pool again. Anyway, let us go ahead and take a look at the weather right now. It is 24 degrees and 65% humidity with a humidex of 29. And we are looking at a 30% uh, chance of showers, partly cloudy. It's early this evening and a risk of a thunder shower that's clearing this evening. Fog patches spreading inland, wind southwest 20 kilometers becoming light this evening and low of 14. Saturday, Saturday, August 10th, a mix of sun and clouds, 6% chance of showers late in the afternoon with a risk of thunder showers. Fog patches dissipating in the morning, wind becoming southwest 20 kilometers an hour in the evening except gusting to 40 along parts of the coast in the afternoon. High of 24 except 19 along parts of the coast with a humidex of 29 and UV index of 7 or high. So do be prepared tomorrow. 
Partly cloudy at night with 6% chance of showers, risk of sh thunder showers early in the evening. All that risk of thunder showers, man oh man. Fog patches overnight, wind southwest 20 becoming light in the evening and the low of 15 degrees. Sunday, August 11th, a 30% uh, chance of showers and I have 24 degrees going down to a low of 14 in cloudy periods at night. Monday, August 12th, a 6% chance of showers and a high of 24 going down to a low of 15 in clou cloudy periods at night. Tuesday, August 13th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 25 going down to a low of 15 and 6% chance of showers at night, which will persist into Wednesday, August 14th with a high of 22 and at night a uh, low of 13 and cloudy periods. And Thursday, August 15th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 22 degrees. So... It's going to be pretty damp this week, but um, at least it's not going to be the, you know, 30, 35, humidex of 40 degrees that we have gotten earlier this year. So take your victories where you can get them, I guess. Anyway, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and it's time for a little bit more music, I think.
That was Game Genie Sokolov with Contact from the recently released Chiptunes Equals Win Volume 8. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing, and I'll share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. And this thing is um, about Star Wars spoofs, and we, a, a lot of us will recognize one of the biggest Star Wars spoofs as being Mel Brooks's Spaceballs. It was definitely popular. I love that movie. But um, I recently found out about one that actually came before Spaceballs and um, was considerably a huge box office success, having a budget of a mere $8,000 and a box office revenue of a million. It's only 13 minutes long and it is called Hardware Wars. Mm, excuse me. Um, from Wikipedia here, Hardware Wars is a 1978 short film parody of a teaser teaser trailer for the star, uh, science fiction film Star Wars. The 13-minute film, was, which was released almost 18 months after Star Wars, consisted of little more than in, in, inside jokes and visual puns that heavily depended upon audience familiarity familiarity with the original. I'm trying to talk too fast. The theme song is Richard Wagner's famous Rite of the Valkyries. Now the song goes Anyway. You get the point. The film begins with the text, Meanwhile, in another part of the galaxy, later that same day, a household steam iron flee- uh, flies through space, fleeing a toaster which fires toast at it. Two robots named 4Q2 Hmm. who uh, looks like the Tin Man from the 1939 film The Wizard of Oz, and Artie Deco, a canister vacuum cleaner, escape from the evil empire. After launching from the ship a cassette player in an escape pod, a cassette tape, they land on a desert planet, a watermelon. And it just kind of goes on like this with um, Augie Ben Doggy instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have the Wookiee monster that has a striking resemblance to the cookie monster uh chewbacca's chuchilla we have is just from the production notes here it just seems very very mystery science theater 3000 if that makes sense um and also there's a peaceful home planet basketball that is destroyed um, I assume the planet is, in fact, a basketball. I have not seen this. I'm kind of interested in seeing it because it seems super quirky. I'm probably not going to understand any of it because I have barely seen anything about Star Wars. I, I am unfortunately one of those people who really isn't all that into Star Wars. I was always more of a Star Trek person. Hopefully I haven't started any flame wars. Anyway, it seems like quite the fun thing. There's a princess and droid. Uh, there's a character named Ham Salad. Um, 
And yeah, just the fact that it was created not too long after Star Wars, it's 13 minutes long and apparently a box office smash, relatively speaking, I think it might be worth a look and it's probably on YouTube somewhere, so yeah. It's called Hardware Wars and it is by Pyramid Films. It was distributed by, directed by Ernie Facilius, produced by him and Michael Weiss, so yeah. Seems like a thing. Anyway, let's move on. I'm um, going to put on some music. <laughs> I didn't know really where to go with that because that's not the sound that I meant to do. Anyway, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Jack with For a Pessimist, I'm Pretty Optimistic. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're doing Rapid Review Rampage again, just to let you know. I decided to go with a slightly different tune for it this time because um, this one is going to be specific to the Kirby series. Now, I've been playing through all of the Kirby games lately on stream on lowbiasgaming.net, and I figured, well, let's, um, let's do this series some justice. Um, I kind of want to also do a, a Kirby in 10 minutes or less of this, um, of this type, but um, I, I had a hard time figuring out how to do it, but I think I've figured it out. So that will probably happen next week, probably, I mean, you never know. That's what I'm planning on anyway. But for now, let's get on to the Rapid Review Rampage. I will have one minute to talk, to talk about one of two Kirby games that comes up on the screen here. And um, if I should happen to draw the elusive cow, then I have to talk about the other thing that's on my screen. If I have talked about both of them, or the one thing aside from cow, then I get to pick something else. Anyway, let's get things started. Three, two, one, go! Uh, let's start with uh, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. Um, oh, it's not running. Why is it not running? It should be running. There we go. Anyway, uh, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. So um, that is the, uh, well, obviously it's not the Nintendo 64. And it is uh, an interesting, well, a lot of the Kirby games are interesting, but this one is particularly interesting because it um, features... Uh, fewer abilities, but you're able to actually mix them together, which um, doesn't really happen again until I want to say Squeak Squad, and only in a very small way. Um, but yeah, you can mix any ability with any ability, including any ability with itself or a more powerful version of it. And trying to figure out all of these different abilities and ability combinations are pretty much how you get 100% in the game, because there's a lot of stuff that you need to actually go through and and find so um yeah it's not an easy task but it's a um, pretty innovative and fun game um oh okay uh kirby's dream course let's go with that kirby's dream course is sort of a golf adjacent thing i guess you could say um it was the first game on the super nintendo of the kirby series and um, it's just really weird golf with Kirby as the ball and he can also acquire abilities from certain enemies. There's like five, I want to say, different abilities. It is a surprisingly hard game, to be honest. Um, especially as you're going through the, uh, the later levels. During my let's play of the game, it was it was getting really dicey, and um, then you get to the final boss, which is honestly really not that hard. Anyway, super weird game, but at least worth checking out in my opinion. Uh, Kirby Superstar. Yes, let's do Kirby Superstar. Kirby Superstar was on the Super Nintendo. It was also ported to the DS later on. 
Uh, Kirby Superstar is a mix of six, no, eight, no, nine, nine, well, something like nine different games. Um, so you have uh, the Spring Breeze, which is basically a kind of reimagining of Kirby's, um, Kirby's Dreamland. And then you have some other things that kind of play, play around with the formula. You have Great Cave Offensive that has 60 treasures to find. You have Milky Way Wishes where you can't just acquire abilities from enemies. You have to find them from these special pedestals. But you get to uh, keep them for as long as you want after that. And um, a few different other ones. It, uh, it's a pretty fun game and it's probably one of my favorites of the series, honestly. Ah, uh, Kirby Battle Royale. Oh my goodness. Um, what were they thinking? Kirby Battle Royale is probably one of the weakest games in the Kirby franchise. It is... <laughs> Overall, it's not a terrible game. But if it matters to you that it's a Kirby game, then it it's no longer as valuable as it really should be. Um, basically, you go to King Didi's castle, who is holding a um, kind of a tournament. You find out that he has a machine to make uh, an endless supply of Kirby clones. Don't really know where he got the machine from, but now you got to beat them all, and it's all sorts of different mini games to do. The mini games themselves are all right, but the overall formula, like the 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 pieces are less than the sum of their parts let's just put it that way anyway uh kirby's adventure kirby's adventure was the one kirby entry for the uh, nintendo and um it was the first kirby game with abilities actually and it has a pretty good selection of them some of them which have appeared in every single kirby game since that has abilities anyway um, so yeah, it's kind of setting the framework for what a Kirby platformer will be going forward. Because you get this, you get a very similar type of, um, of formula for every Kirby game that comes after it. And so, yeah, it's, they were trying something new and it really worked and that's how they're making Kirby games now. So... Yeah, that's all I gotta say. It's a pretty good game. I was hoping to do more than that, but um, I see that I'm running a little low on time. So I think I'm gonna have to actually call it there. Um, so yeah, uh, for anyone who is interested, I do, like I mentioned, I do stream Kirby games every, uh, currently every Sunday at 6 p.m. Atlantic time. It's 5 p.m. Eastern, um, 2 p.m. Pacific, I believe it is. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, it's on uh, youtube.com slash lowbiasgaming. Get subscribed and click the bell to make sure that you're notified of any streams as well as any other things that might be coming your way through us. Anyway. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax in time for one more song, I think.
And that was Renox with uh, Kagayaku Hoshizora. Um, and that is rounding off the hour. It is time for us to go yet again. But uh, I shall be back next week as usual with some more fun stuff and things and possibly stuff and maybe things, but mostly stuff, I think. Yes. Rambling. Anyway, I suppose since I have time to ramble, I have time to do end credits. So I shall do that. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Manabu Namiki, Noriyuki Mikura, Twilight of Defect, Pink Projects, Tomoya Tomita, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm and The Vinyl Factory at 830 Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of the show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or whatever podcast app you prefer you can probably find it through there this has been square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax i'm coolio if you don't know and i'll see you guys next time Oh, 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 oh,